Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. G'day and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. G'day, Kevin. G'day, Sarah. <laughs> How'd you be? Hey, you go. I'm good, thanks. Hey, yeah. <laughs> last last podcast, you were uh, Eddie Charlton pot black, and now we're Beauty Nuke. Spring, sprung. Hay fever's in the air. The uh, buds are out. Yes, it's good. It's well. There's a there's a bit of brightness, a bit of spark. That's me entering the room. Yes. Well, there's all that. That's electricity. It's <laughs> static electricity off your, off your cheap moccasins. Um, <laughs> we have a terrific uh, podcast for you. What a guest. On the, uh, on the eve of the start, first weekend of the AFLW season, a very talented sports person, a hell of a cricketer in her, in her day, and then decided, uh, no, footies were old, old head, Emma Carney. Yeah, one of the more high, high profile AFLW names. Can I tell you, North Melbourne AFLW captain, has yes. been for a number of years, Premiership player back in the Bulldogs days, all Australian seven times. How many mm. seasons has the AFLW had? Seven. seven. So she's seven's coming out. She'll get one in the eighth season too. Couple of club best and fairest. Um, the equivalent of the Brownlow medal. Uh, mm. She won it in the women's competition and she is just a gun. And her journey to get where she is today has been quite an extraordinary one. Yeah, great story. Uh, she's a great athlete and a terrific guest, and you'll hear from her shortly. But in the food poll... Well, <laughs> let's go for breakfast, Kevin. Yeah, Let's put the... I know, you'll, it's right up your alley. <laughs> the bacon, the bacon up against a nice crispy hash brown. Oh, mama! Yes, we'll find out uh, where your votes went. Yes, no, or let's be honest, both. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that uh, that pans out. Get it? <laughs> See what I did there? Yes, I'm trying my best to ignore it. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's get down McCarney and talk some AFLW and some uh, some cooking skills. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Well, Emma, to start out, we obviously know your prowess on the other uh, footy field, but how do you shape up in the kitchen? Um, look, I do I do love my food and I, I love my cooking, so um, I'm not too bad um, in the in the kitchen. I've probably learnt it from a very young age. I was one of four kids, so um, mum and dad were both pretty busy, either looking after us or working. So I'd um, I'd be in the kitchen helping out um, with dinner. So yeah, I, I love my food, and certainly that's a big passion of mine away from sport. Well, you you say you are you you grew up in the country, um, out in lovely uh, Western Victoria, uh, near Hamilton, on a sheep uh, station, I believe. What was life like growing up there? Yes, I did. Uh, this lived out in a little small country town called Cavendish. So, um, yeah, grew up on a about a six hundred acre farm, and oh, life out there was was awesome. I'd spend m- most of my time in the backyard, um, kicking the footy or throwing the cricket ball around, and um, yeah, it was such a such a good lifestyle being out in the farm and and helping out dad on my school holidays out in the farm, whether it be in the sheds or out in the paddock, you know. Sometimes as a teenager, I probably didn't probably didn't like the, that hard work, but um, certainly as a kid, I, I loved the the lifestyle of helping Dad out on the farm. And is it true that your dad used to um, actually mow ovals into the paddock? What, like one cricket oval and one footy oval for you to play on? Yeah, he, he certainly did. Um, <laughs> yeah, he we uh, we mowed out a little uh, footy oval, and my myself and my younger brother would always play matches against each other. We just had some sticks that we, we painted white and we put them up as, as goalposts. So we used to 
versus each other. Given I was the older child, I was certainly came out best. Um, as much as he's disappointed, he'd often end up in tears. Um, <laughs> but then in, when it came to summer, yeah, he'd mow a little cricket pitch for us to, to play on. Fair to say it wasn't overly smooth. It was pretty bumpy given it was in the paddocks, but uh, made for an interesting tussle between us, bat and ball, that's for sure. <laughs> so what was on the uh, on the table when you finished your day out uh, playing in the, on the ovals? What was on the table? Oh, given given that we grew up on the farm, it was definitely uh, meat and free vegetable. Yeah. The meat definitely consisted of uh, a lot of lamb <laughs> or or mutton. We had a lot of mutton chops, but given that it was fresh off the farm, that were they were beautiful. So um, definitely a bit of a staple in our household. And then you paired that with you know your classic greens. And then and your mashed potato or your roast potatoes, whatever it might have been. But that was definitely a staple in our household. Uh, alongside probably your, your classic casseroles. So we had, you know, your meatball casserole or tuna casserole that uh, got a run for its money. Whatever wow. was the cheap, was cheapest and easiest for, for my parents, that's for sure. I'm picturing that you probably had a, a fair share of um, lamb roasts on the menu at your place. Oh, we, yeah, we definitely did have a lot of. Lamb roast. My mum actually hates lamb, though she hates the smell of it. So uh, she didn't overly enjoy when we uh, when we had the lamb slow roasting in the oven because it just left a, a waft in the house. But um, too bad for her because we loved it and we loved when Dad put the roast on, especially on a Sunday night. Oh, Kevin, that's just like you. You've oh, got a lamb aversion. Yeah, no, I've got. I've the, it's the smell and the texture of lamb. I just can't cop it. I love steak, yeah. but I can't cop lamb. I'm with your mum. <laughs> um, uh, so has that transcended into what you eat now? Are you a meat eater still, or because of uh, the you know the what what you have to do these days as an athlete? Does that change that? Um, oh, I don't think it really changes. I think for us as athletes, we need to have our uh, protein intake, and the best form of protein is through meats. And particularly as a woman, when you're um, an athlete, sometimes you get low in iron, so it's really important for us to eat our red meats to get the best source of protein as we can and often dad will send me a text saying how's your freezer going is it is it empty and he'll then come up with an esky full of lamb for us and we can stock up our our freezer and it keeps me going throughout winter which is which is always a nice treat but um yeah certainly probably given I'm living in Melbourne I probably um, explore a few more culturally diverse foods rather than just the staple of meat and three veg so Definitely a few more Asian cuisines on the menu. That is wonderful, though, to have a regular lamb supply yeah, from your dad. Oh, yeah, it is. Very Give, much so. Given that you expend, obviously, a lot of uh, energy on, on field and you, um, you're you in great uh, condition and, well, you exercise a lot, does that mean that you can, uh, you know, indulge occasionally? Do you have a bit of a sweet tooth? Um, well, yeah, you can, you can indulge. I think it's important that you do indulge. You don't just restrict yourself so much because, yeah, I mean, a part of life is enjoying yourself and, and food is, is something that you can enjoy. But I'm, I'm probably not much of a sweet tooth. I'm more of a savoury. So I would definitely say that a cheese board is definitely my weakness. Oh. But in saying that, particularly when we're in winter, I do like a, a chocolate self sourcing pudding or a lemon delicious. I think that's a classic country sort of dish that you can serve up for dessert. And that's something that probably brings me back to my um, childhood roots, that's for sure. Do you have to do a food diary for the dietitian at the club? Or do, do you have to do one of those? Yeah, probably um, once once a year you sort of just map out your first two weeks. It's not so much so they can judge you and, and say, oh, you're eating too much junk. It's more just like the fact that are you getting enough 
of your carbohydrates and your yeah. proteins in. I think sometimes um, as athletes, we sort of feel like we shouldn't be overindulging or overeating, but sometimes we actually underfuel because we are exercising so much that we, we don't quite get the food sources in that we need. So that's probably the main reason why they do it rather than to sort of check in and, and making sure that you're eating the right food. Famously, Kevin Bartlett for, you know, 400-plus yeah. games had fish and chips on Friday night before every Saturday game. Uh, do you have superstition about the food you eat before a game and do you have a match day ritual about eating? <laughs> I don't I don't really have a superstition. Oh, geez, I, I don't know how um, Kevin Bartlett can <laughs> play with fish and chips in the gut. I feel sick just after eating it, let alone then backing it up with a game of footy. So uh, I think for me it's more just like typically probably like a um, – a heavy carbohydrate, so like a pasta or a rice, rice dish, I like to have. And then fuel up with a big breakfast, easy sort of like a eggs on toast is probably my go-to on game day. But, yeah, it, it sort of changes. I think you sort of got to adapt a little bit because sometimes when you're travelling interstate, you don't have the food that you'd normally have back at home. So just more being a bit a bit more adaptable. Yeah. You um you said you like uh, cooking. So what kind of stuff would you uh, throw together at home and, and do you have a signature dish? Yeah, well, as I mentioned, I, I love my Asian cuisine. So I like quite doing a lot of Thai dishes. So probably my signature dish would be a, a red Thai curry. Um, making the, the paste from scratch is definitely a go-to of mine. I, the fresh ingredients is are really good. Um, I like quite doing um, noodle dishes too. So whether it be a, a Vietnamese sort of dish with noodles or a Thai dish, and then even just like mixing up with different curries. So whether it be a Sri Lankan curry or um, an Indian curry, it's, it's probably my go-to. I like sort of just mixing a whole lot of flavors and then trying to balance it out um, in the kitchen. That's probably my my favorite part of it all. I've um, gleaned from um, interviews we've done with footballers previously, men and women, that uh, there's a real coffee culture oh. in the uh, in the football world that, um, you know, rather than sitting around sipping, I don't know, gin and tonics, um, footballers <laughs> between meetings or games like to sit around and sip on lattes and the like. Is, is, that, uh, is that a fair description? It, it is a fair description. There's a few coffee snobs <laughs> in our side. Yes, it is a big part of the... The culture and how to start a conversation is pretty much the when you first meet a teammate, it's like, oh, what coffee do you drink? Rather than, you know, <laughs> what's your favourite colour or something. It's, but yes, there is a there is a few few of our girls um, that do like to get their morning coffee before a game, part of their game day ritual. Heading into this uh, new season of the AFLW, uh, Emma, how's uh, how the Kangaroos looking, and how are you feeling about uh, where where the game's going uh, from the from the female point of view? Yeah, um, yeah, we were all really excited. We've got a pretty healthy list at, at this stage, which is a great sign going into round one and hopefully it continues like that. But um, we're building quite nicely. Um, our new recruits have really settled in well and have given us greater depth throughout our squad. So that's going to put us in a, in a great position come the pointy end of the season. I guess to the second point of your question, look, I think, I think the game's heading in, in the right direction. I think for us as players, it's just our, our responsibility now to make the product as good as it possibly can. So we'll leave it up to the, the AFL and, um, you know, the broadcasters to market it in the right way. Um, but for us now, it's just about trying to make the footy as best as possible so we can get more fans to the games. We can get more eyeballs watching it on the, on the screens. And, and therefore, if we can get those numbers up, then we can 
eventually start playing more games in, in the future rather than just the 10 in the home away season. Yeah. So that's, that's the plan. Let's hopefully just get more engagement. We'll hopefully build off some of the momentum of the Matildas. We're seeing how amazing they're playing, but also the crowds and the, the audiences are on TV. It's um, been record numbers, so it's really positive to see for women's sport. I was just going to mention the uh, the Matildas uh, factor and the uh, the the way that we've um just in, embraced the team and the excitement surrounding the World Cup, and I mean AFLW it certainly itself has grown in profile and uh, and popularity um in the years since it's been in store. But do you feel Emma at times that we we compare the women's game to the men's game a bit too much? Yeah, I, th- I think we do. I think it's really natural to do, um, particularly in the the early stages of, of AFLW, uh, I think we probably had the similar types of things with women's soccer going dating back probably like 15 years ago, women's cricket, the same. But as the product sort of develops and as people can realise that there is slight differences within it and just embrace the differences, the sooner we can just all accept that it's just football at the end of the day. And it'll take time. Like people will still criticise the, the game as to what it is. But I've seen, I mean, we went to Tassie for a camp and we saw some 12-year-old girls that were kicking the ball so naturally and had a great understanding. I didn't have that same luxury of, as playing the game when I was so young. So, you know, in 10 years' time, we'll look back and go, geez, how, how much different does the game look and, and how much better does it look? But we've just got to be patient. It will take time and we'll hopefully get there at some stage. We've come a long way from the days, um, Emma, I believe in the Auskick days, there was a point that you got to, I mean, you're obviously very talented as a young player, but there was a, a time when there was a cutoff point and you were saying, no, you're a girl, no more for you. Yeah, well, pretty much. So, so in, in growing up in country Victoria, there was no girls' league for me to play in. So I had to make a decision and, and, and stop playing, which for me at the time, I was so disappointed. Football was my first love. It was um, a sport that I... I thrived in, I was confident in, but then got told I couldn't do it because of my, my gender. So um, that was really disappointing for me, but it's so good to see when I go back home, they've got an under-18 girls side, there's more girls playing junior footy with boys, and they've just got a pathway now, something that I didn't have. So that's a big positive for, for young girls growing up now. You've moved into coaching, you've uh, dabbling in that a little, is that is that where the future uh, is heading for you? Uh, yeah, so I'm doing a bit of development coaching in the men's space in North Melbourne. And look, I, I think I think as I've, I've gotten older and retirement's not too far away, I've probably uh, realised that coaching could be a little pathway for me, particularly um, once I finish. And it's a great way for me to stay involved in the game. I've really enjoyed my time over the last 12 months or so, developing my coaching craft and, and learning off some of the best, including someone like uh, Alistair Clarkson and the Brett Ratton. So um, my knowledge of the game has been far greater as a result of my experience with them and um, it's certainly something that I'll um, look to continue on with post my footy career. Do you think it will give you the same kind of rush that uh, bursting through a pack gives you on match day that, that, that you do so well? <laughs> um, it'll get, certainly give me a different rush. The, the best thing about being a player is you can start to control things on the field. As a coach, sometimes things are out of your control and that can be a, a bit scary and a bit nerve-wracking. So certainly different rushes. I think the the reward that you feel when you can see a player develop 
coming through the system when they're young and then you can see their development. I think that's the rush that, that I would get as a coach rather than that same thrill at like bursting through a pack on, on game day. How would uh, Emma Carney, the coach, go with Emma Carney, the player? <laughs> oh, well, that's a great question. They're very different. They're very different people. Emma Carney, the coach, is quite calm, level-headed. Yep. I can't say the same about the player. So, um, <laughs> and that's why we love some, watching you play. <laughs> there might be some hard conversations that, that occur. But, um, yeah, Emma Carney, the player, does take on feedback fairly well. So, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd see about that. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, uh, Emma, just to finish up, we usually ask our guests if they have a uh, cooking tip or a kitchen tip they might like to share. Do you have one of those? Cooking tip, uh, I would say follow recipes kind of, but then I reckon explore different different flavours, different spices, mix and match your, your sweet and savoury and, and see what combinations you want. I think cooking for me, it's all about experimenting and, and seeing what you can create. Good luck for uh, Season 8 in the uh, AFLW uh, to you and to the Kangaroos. And uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us, Emma. It's been uh, terrific. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. There you go. Emma Carney in action along with uh, all those very talented female footballers starting this weekend in the AFLW. Get behind them. Thank you, Emma. Now we dive straight headlong into the food pole. We're putting bacon preferably crispy in our house, up against a nice crispy hash brown. It's hard oh. to divide them because, really, you've got to have them together in the ultimate breakfast with a couple of nice eggs. I have to give a shout-out to a former guest on this program oh. by the name of Ed, yes. uh, who was on, who, who put me onto the streaky bacon. <laughs> Ed, how Ed, maybe? Ed, 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 Fast Ed, Ed. Ed, my hero, he's Ed. He's changed your life. Oh, it's in, in his yeah. little, he's got that special little uh, bacon maker that you can buy in the supermarket. Uh, little red plastic that unit. goes into the uh, into the microwave you put the streaky bacon in there Kevin's a happy boy all right we'll start with Artie who says oh now you've got my attention what does that mean we don't get your attention not normally no, apparently no <laughs> not at all he says bacon is always a huge yes but hash browns is another baby altogether probably 50 years ago I was a regular for breakfast at the bourbon and beef steak bar in King's Cross that's in that's Sydney that's so you know more. bacon and eggs with hash browns and a bottomless coffee for six dollars. The hash browns were the real deal, grated and cooked to within an inch of their lives and delicious. Vote for proper hash browns. There you go. Candace White says, ooh, Oof. might have to be the hash brown for oh. me. And she had to think about that Oofed. one. Oofed. Oofed. <laughs> Oofed, she said. <laughs> Sounds like I a sound she, effect from a Batman cartoon. I reckon she looked the spelling of it at 15 times. <laughs> Oofed. Ms. Sandy Crack says, sorry, this is like comparing apples to steak. Each has their own positives. Mm. The best hash browns are the ones from Oxford House in Oxford Street, Darlinghurst. That little belt in Sydney there's got a lot to answer for. I think old croaky says tough choice, but deep fried outclasses pan fried. Oh, is it pan fried or fan fried? Well, I think it might be a typo. The F's pretty close to the P on on the most computer. If it's in an air fryer, maybe it's fan fried. Cherie Dodson says bacon, bacon, bacon. Sylvana says I love both, but if I had to choose... It would be bacon. Crispy oh, bacon. yes, just like Kevy. Oh, there's a bit of Homer Simpson coming in there. Rebecca oh. says she loves both. The challenge is to find good vegan bacon. Did you know they call vegan bacon, Kevin, facon? Did no, you know I, did. that? No, I didn't. Uh, Beck says the Thai ones are too chewy 
for me. Okay. <laughs> trying to make my own, but the fatty sections are not quite right. You are amazing back to attempt. <laughs> may, may have been too much information for me. Uh, Lena just simply says bacon. Sue says bacon. Muriel says, why are you asking us to choose? Because we're evil. Because it's a food poll, Muriel. Steve Bastoni says bacon. Johnny in brackets says, if bacon wasn't the best, then hash brown oysters would be the thing. Oh, righto. Whatever they are. Merv Hughes, Mervyn Gregory, he says both. Kumari Stevenson says hash brown, yummy. Wayne, 1965 from the Twitter says, mm-mm, bacon. Joylene says bacon. Doesn't taste like it used to, though. Have a look at the contents. How much has Australian pork? Not much. I oh. keep looking for 100%, but it's not available. Oh. Not a fan of hash browns either. Oh, Joylene. She'll have Hash nothing. browns don't have a lot of Australian <laughs> pork in them either, Joylene. Terry says bippity-boppity-bacon. Thank you, bacon. Caroline says bacon. And she says both. Glenn says, hey, Paddo, hash browns for me every time. Daz Smith says, oh, this one's easy. Pig strips for me. Right <laughs> then. Actually, right Glenn there. said uh, hash brownies, but they're a totally different yeah. thing, Glenn. <laughs> oh, Ro- yes. Ross, I just picked that up. <laughs> me Ross. too. <laughs> <laughs> it's slow hash on the Hash brownies, uptake. maybe that, yes. that requires a food poll all yeah, of its own. Oh, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> Ross had a list of about 20 and they were all bacon. Uh. Jim uh, Wilson says bacon first and daylight second. Can I suggest to everybody that you get to get your quinellas in and have daylight in them because daylight <laughs> runs second every time. No. Sharon says bacon all the way. Stephen Quartermain from Channel 10 says bacon is God's food and he's got a picture of a lovely little piggy. I thought that was God. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sue says bacon. Susie K says both, but if I had to choose, then it is bacon by a snout. Ali O'Kelly says hash browns all the way. Sharon Gibbon says it is hash browns any day. Rachel says both together. bacon. Uh, Michelle says bacon. Angela Pippos, hash browns are my lifeblood. Well, let's see how you're polled. Uh, go to the votes and uh, bacon wins by a street. Well, bacon well, bacon fixes everything. Yes, fifty six percent. Actually, a bit fifty five percent. Sorry, a bit a bit low th- lower than I thought. <laughs> Just hand Kevin's glasses. Hash brown twenty one percent. Oh, I thought it would have been higher than mm, that. Both twenty four. Mm. So both, but just slightly ahead of hash browns. But yeah, both need to be cooked in a particular way, but especially with the hash browns, they can't be too thick and uh, they can't be too sort of soggy. They have to be crispy. No, got to be crispy. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, shredded ones are the best. Absolutely, shredded ones. Well, are is absolutely there any the other best. kind? Well, yeah, the ones that Otherwise, you, it'd be a potato cake. Well, that's exactly what a lot of them are. Mm. A lot of the ones you buy are just you know. Uh, potato cakes with an attitude. <laughs> That's all I can say. I love um. I love so bacon. this weekend, which is Father's Day, mm. bacon and hash browns. Give him both. Yes. Streaky bacon done in the. And if you can't be bothered, just get it out of a packet. Done in it. Don't do that. <laughs> done in Ed's little uh, thing. I'm not that I'm giving anybody any hints, but you know, bacon done in the microwave Ed machine. Yes. With the hash browns and a couple of beautiful poached eggs. Yes, and that oh. is just one. That is fast Ed from Better Homes and Gardens. Yes, he it gave is. Kevin the best tip of his, uh, his culinary life. He's up on the podium. It yes. is up on the podium of kitchen tips. Uh, that's it for Food Bites. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Good luck to Emma Carney and to all, yes. all the uh, females participating in the fabulous AFLW oh. competition. And we'll see you next time on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. You're the superstar.